Hello, everybody. My name is Steve Smith. I'm the editor of PHC News Magazine. This is my first uh, podcast of the year, so I am joined today by Robert Weissman and Dan Reddick from Lockenbar. Robert and Dan, I, I guess uh, I'm a little late, but Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, Steve. Uh, Robert, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, and, and then we'll, we'll switch to Dan. Tell us a little bit about what keeps you busy. Sure. So, again, uh, Robert Wiseman. I'm in product management here at Lockenbar over the commercial boiler line. Been here roughly 15 years, studied mechanical engineering, uh, was in product development engineering for about a dozen years, then transitioned up to the marketing product management group uh, about three years ago. Good. Dan, tell us about yourself, too. Yeah, good morning. Dan Reddick, also a product manager um, on the boiler side. So it's where Robert carries the responsibilities for the commercial products. I have the light commercial and the residential product. Been, been up in the product management department now about nine years. Spent a year in tech service here at Lock and Bar. And then prior to that, I had about 10 years out in the field as a HVAC commercial service technician. And here, you know, and Robert can say our daily responsibilities vary. You know, we're helping customers find solutions for, for jobs that are, are not yet started. And then sometimes we even get into a little bit of troubleshooting here and there with, with jobs that are in. So here at Lockenbar, we've always got exciting days, and and then with new products always coming around, that's always keeping us busy. Good, good. Listen, uh, everybody, Robert and Dan are going to tell us a little bit about hydronics and uh, radiant products and technology, and we'll just start with the basics. Uh, you know, I remember reading about uh, Vince Lombardi, the famous coach of the Green Bay Packers, and every training uh, camp would start with him standing in front of the players and holding a football. And he would say, gentlemen, this is a football. So why don't you guys start out? This is hydronic heating. What, what can you tell me? Sure, I'll take that one. Uh, you know, hydronic heating, of course, not to get too basic here, but you basically you've got the options to put it in the floor. You've got baseboard uh, emitters you can do as well. You've also got the radiator systems, but you've got that warm boiler loop that's used to heat up the area, and then transmit that heat energy uh, to the surface, bit, whether it's in the floor or those uh, radiators. And it's a very, it's a variable, very comfortable type system to heat. Uh, I think anybody that's especially used the in-floor system has definitely noticed it. So it's a very, very sound way to do it. And I think a lot of people, once they experience it, love it, so to speak. That's exactly it. You know, I just did a story uh, uh, with a contractor friend of mine uh, who is a manufacturer's rep now for hydronics and radiant products. And uh, I'll never forget, man, this is like 15, 20 years ago when he was a contractor. He put in radiant in a training facility way up in Wisconsin. This was the dead of winter when I would visit him at nighttime. And they purposely did half radiant uh, underfloor and half HVAC. And I mean, to go from one to the other side of that building in a Wisconsin winter was just, I still remember it. I mean, you, you just you feel it's something you can really have to sense, but you can, once you sense it, you don't forget it. Yeah, Steve, you know, that's that's exactly it. You know, when I started off my, my career as an HVAC service technician, I actually started off in Ohio. So we had a mix of forced air units that we would go see and, and a mix of hydronic systems. And, you know, in a day, you could be in three homes that had hydronic heating, three homes that had the, the, the forced air heat, and, and you could definitely tell a difference, and, you know, especially for being outside in the cold, walking in, 
Uh-huh, you can feel uh-huh. the difference sometimes with the forced air. It could feel drafty and kind of spotty uh-huh. in some of the rooms is where the, you know, the hydronic heating had a nice even temperature throughout throughout the rooms. Absolutely. Well, with that in mind, I mean, what can you guys tell me about the, the benefits of hydronic heating? I know um, we want to talk about residential and commercial. So, um, Robert, why don't you start and tell me a little bit about what's on your mind about this subject? Sure. I think, you know, one thing we're all seeing about the residential and commercial side, but you know, especially on the commercial side is the efficiency. There's been a push not only, you know, being mandated by governments and what have you, but just customers. They want a, a product that's going to give a get bang for its buck, so to speak. So the more efficient it is, the more heat it's putting in the system as opposed to out the stack or what have you. So we've got a big push there. You know, the vast majority of Lockenvar's products are high efficiency. Uh, they're above the government minimum mandate. So in just the way we operate it, you know, we keep it running long. So not only is it just the, let's say, rated efficiency that you see the appliance, but it's starting to work with these systems and get overall system efficiency. So you environmentally conscious with that operation. Uh, I think some other aspects is, you know, just the reliability. These products, you know, they're not cutting on and off like they were in the old days where you either got heat or you didn't get heat. So you get the modulation in there. And also they're seeing more about what's going on with the unit. You know, the Crest now has real-time O2 feedback. So you can see in real time that fuel air ratio that we're running on the unit. And that's with the large up to 25 to 1 turndown on the Crest. You know, and where's that technology going next? Is it going to optimize based on that fuel-air ratio even more? So there's a lot of things, you know, not only just with efficiency, but playing into reliability and just how efficient, how clean the unit's running that are really uh, at play now with these products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dan, what's on your mind about uh, the benefits of hydronics? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're, you know, working on the commercial and that we're implementing with having all of our engineers here in the same building, we're taking a lot of that stuff we're learning and we're moving, uh, moving that to the residential side too. So there's, you know, every benefit that we see in the commercial, we're, we're taking that down to the residential. Mm-hmm. So the benefits are, are pretty clear to my readers, I know, but uh, it's not always the case with homeowners or commercial property owners. Uh, how do you, what are the challenges? How do you, how do you, how do you make the case for hydronics to these folks? Yeah, I think, you know, that that's when we first introduced it, we talked about, you know, you you kind of mentioned that building where it was half forced air, half half you know, hydronic and you went in there and you could really tell the difference. That that's probably the biggest challenge, you know, with with this to a homeowner is if they haven't experienced, they don't know the benefits of it. It's one of those things where they have to really experience have had that from been from a you know, part of the country where they where they had hydronics, but there's definitely benefits like you know once you you feel it and you've lived it you know and then also when you think about some of the benefits that they can look at is is there's opportunities for snow melt you can do you know in floor the the tile you can you can do a baseboard you can also do some forced air so it's really just education you know it, it's hard to to show that benefit until somebody's experienced the benefit mm-hmm. of hydronic um and that's kind of i don't say where our, and it is, I guess it's fair to say, our industry struggles because it's also typically that hydronic system, just because of the expertise it takes to install, uh, it'll come mm-hmm. with a higher price tag than the, the traditional forced air system. That's true. Yeah. 
being somebody that's been in the profession, it, it does take a slightly higher higher level of expertise to install that hydronic mm-hmm. system with making sure the water's flowing than it is with the forced air. Yes. But once everything's said and done, it definitely is worth it. I mean, it, it, it certainly is a, a higher first cost, but uh, as opposed to HVAC. But if you can get past that, I mean, boy, it is so much more comfortable and so much more adaptive, I guess, uh, than, than any kind of forced air system would ever be. Listen, uh, I know you two want to talk about products, and I've got, I don't know, five products, I guess, uh, that maybe uh, in one degree or another you guys want to talk about. And uh, I don't know, I guess we would have been normally weeks away from seeing each other in person at HR and maybe seeing some new product at your trade show booth. But uh, why don't you guys tell me what, uh, what's new and exciting with some of the hydronic products uh, this year at Lagenmar? It doesn't have to be just this year, of course. I mean, some things could be <laughs> new if they were last year, too. They're newer, I guess. Huh? Yeah, I'll start off with the commercial lineup. You know, we, we've had several new enhancements, you know, upgrades over the years. And, you know, we'll start off with our Crest. That's our flagship product, you know, 12 models mm-hmm. from the light commercial, 750,000 up to the 6 million BTUs per hour. And, you know, of course, we've added the real-time O2 feedback, introduced that last year at AHR. So, yeah, it is kind of odd. We're not gathering in person to show these off, but, you know, we can still talk about them and we're always committed to product development here at Lock and Var. So we're always looking what we can do as the next step. But with that Crest flagship, it gives you a broad range of inputs. We've added these new features. It's got the touch screen. It's got the up to up to 25 to one turn down. And now with that real-time O2 feedback, it brings a lot to the table. Then you've got our PowerFin 12 models from 500,000 up to 5 million BTUs per hour. You know, that's been around over 30 years now, and we've added the additional higher-end inputs to it. It's got a touch screen. Uh, they, both the PowerFin and the Crest feature our Conexus remote app. So they've got a lot of things offered on the table, even though the PowerFin's an older product, but still being updated. It's at a slightly lower efficiency because it's a non-condensing unit, but still a great product. CopperFin, of course, has nine models, 400,000 up to just around 2 million BTUs per hour horizontal so it's a different footprint different class of product but it can talk to both the power fin and crest so there's a lot of things we've done here at locker on the controls package to make sure these products talk to one another that way if somebody let's say has a budget constraint but wants to take advantage of the crest along with the input of say a power fin or a copper fin so a lot of even if a product's an older generational product such as a copper fin or power fin we're still updating it the crest with that flagship we're really adding a lot of new features as well. Okay. All right. And I think uh, beforehand, when before I hit the record button, at least, I think the Knight XL is particularly new, uh, or at least some things uh, in a, just a matter of week or two is going to come uh, come out. What what can you tell me about that? You're exactly correct. So by the time this probably gets aired, the, the, the product will, the official uh, release will be out on the street. But uh, we introduced a new Knight XL with some different BTU inputs, some different turndown capabilities last year at AHR. Um, so we'll be officially releasing that here. And okay. it really takes that industry, you know, favorite by engineers. It's highly specified product. The engineers love it. The contractors like installing it. They like the efficiency. They like the return on investment it has for their customers. But we've just did a, it's actually with that new product line, we're going to increase the efficiency of that product uh, going up to 90, 97% thermal efficiency. Uh, we're going to give 10 to 1 turndown on, on all models. So that means that 
400,000 BTU input will now be able to turn down all the way down to 40,000 BTU, so be able to match those small uh, load requirements of the building. We're going to be adding a 1 million BTU footprint, so that actually gives our customers another solution in that 1 million BTU offering. As Robert talked about the Crest, we have a Crest at 1 million. Uh, we have a PowerFin at 1 million. This will just extend what we can offer our customers at that 1 million BTU input. Um, and then, you know, we looked at challenge our engineering team to to see what we could do about venting. We we got an additional 50 feet of venting than what we typically do on our products. So now the customers can vent up to 150 feet on the air and the exhaust, which is great for retrofit applications. And that's always one of the biggest issues when people are looking to install uh, new products is how that vent's going to get ran through the building. So we feel this is, you know, the next evolution of this product. We took a lot of things that we've learned from the Crest and some other products over the years and and threw it into the new Night XL. And then a product we had out recently too, I'd like to talk about is just the, you know, the Noble Combi Boiler. We knew there was a, a an emerging market for the Combi Boiler, and mm-hmm. you know we introduced that, and it's actually been, you know, has been very successful, been accepted well by the industry. So I just wanted to mention that that was out there because that seems to be a big, big trend and increasing part yeah. of the market now. So I just wanted to make sure that product's been out there and been pretty successful for us. And what do you think is behind the trend to the Combi? Combi boiler technology. What, what's 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 happening? What's what, why is this getting? Uh, uh, I guess so popular. Well, I, I think mainly when you look from a consumer point of view, it it makes a lot of sense for them because it's taking two appliances, a, a water heater, and their space heating device, and putting it into one. So that's freeing up floor space. Whether it's getting rid of a, a tank type uh, water heater, it's just putting those two devices into one. And they work fine, highly efficient. There are some limitations when you look at larger custom homes because of the amount of DHW you can deliver. But for your average size home, you know, the majority of Americans out there, it's it's a great fit because it's efficient. It does what they need, you know, but then, you know, and I'll kind of let Robert talk a little bit about it. It, it, For us as manufacturers, it does bring some difficulties and some challenges because of the design aspect for what it does. And actually, Robert uh, had mentioned, you know, he spent some time in design engineering, and, and he actually was one of the engineers that worked on on the Noble. So I kind of let him talk about that project. Yeah, that's a, we had a lot of things we had to juggle on that one. I'd say more so probably on the control side, just, you know, we had this neat concept of let's do space heating and the best domestic hot water all inside in one box. But You've got to put the brains and smarts there behind the scenes to make sure everything functions like it should. So we had to look at a lot of components and functionality to make it know the difference between, you know, when does it get a call for space heat? When does it get a call for domestic hot water? We had to size a brace plate appropriately for that domestic hot water. So, and, you know, we didn't want to just make it work. We want to make it a lock of our product, you know, bring the best we could to the table. So we had a lot of features that we were trying to add in too to not make it just functional, but to make it meet the customer's needs and wants. So there's a lot of things behind the scene as far as, you know, we got to get a good draw factor on it and this switching over sequence. When does it do that and what have you? So there's a lot of behind the scenes efforts there to design a good quality product in the Noble. Good. Now listen, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, environmental benefits are, are becoming more of a Interesting topic. Uh, what, what's uh, what's the environmental factors uh, to consider? I guess with with hydronics. Yeah, Steve. I'll start off on that one. You know, with, and Robert kind of was talking about it. You know, the breadth of our high efficiency products. You know, w- with our products being high efficiency, you know, like they automatically 
are really low low emission products. So they're they're helping reduce the carbon footprint of everywhere they're at, whether it's a residential or a commercial application. But you know, we're really being driven to you know even higher efficiency. What can we do? And you, you know, that's we're kind of there as, a, as an industry. A lot of manufacturers are sitting there at 96, 98 percent. So then we start looking at you know, what can we do for system efficiency? How can we reach outside just that box and and look at what we can do? Because it is a hot topic. So we've tried to, like some of our residential boilers, we're actually providing an ECM variable speed pump with now to help limit that system cost, right? Because now we're affecting the electrical cost. Uh, with the commercial products, we offer an optional variable speed ECM pumps. So we're trying to offer different solutions that help with the overall efficiency of the system. Well, that's all good news. I mean, uh, obviously, the world's turning greener and greener every day. You, you can't get away from uh, seeing more and more stories about energy efficiency and electrical efficiency, the whole whole nine yards. So it's good to hear. Robert, I, I didn't know if you had anything to add in terms of the environmental impact on uh, some of these things. Yeah, I just uh, tag along with what Dan said. You know, we, efficiency, we're all getting there at the high point now. So we got to look elsewhere what we can do. And I think as Dan alluded to, the systems are coming into play with the variable speed pumps. You know, how can we work together as more of like a, I guess, like a orchestra, so to speak, instead of just a solo singer, you know, just on their own. Right. So that, right. that's what we've got to look at. And I think something that does get lost a little bit in the conversation is, you know, our products, let's say the Crest, for example, works on natural and propane gas. You know, those are clean burning fuels. I think people forget mm-hmm. that. You go back 50 years ago, you were probably at like a 50, 60 percent efficiency. Now you're at, you know, at low end, maybe 85 percent, whereas the crest is 96 percent now. And then you take the fuel, you know, that's very clean burning Uh in its natural state. I think that sometimes gets lost. You know, they don't think about, you know, 100 years ago, they were burning coal or wood and you know, soot everywhere and having to yeah. clean all that stuff out. So we've made a lot of progress. We still got a ways to go, but there's a lot of good things brought to the table today that I think people sometimes skim over. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, listen, uh, I know our readers are going to want to know some tips and tricks that you guys might know. What do you got up to, up your sleeve? What, what, what kind of secrets can you tell our installers about what it come, when it comes to these pro- kind of products to install or troubleshoot? Steve, I don't know if this is a tip or a trick, but it's just the honesty. I think making sure that the manual's getting looked at, kind of mm-hmm. followed through. I think we're all creatures of habit, and we've done this several times, installed it, so we we figure they're all going to hook up the same with, you know, the gas, the electricity, mm-hmm. uh, the venting. And, and there are some differences, you know, and, I, and I'm guilty of that myself. It wasn't too long ago I was in, trying to put together a piece of furniture for my wife and I made the joke who needs the instructions and then there's me three hours later asking where the instructions are right so I think (laughs) I think we just overlook that sometimes but I do think that's important because there are some little differences in everybody's products that if not done correctly it could cause issues for for the job and then obviously that's you know it always comes back to that contractor doing the install uh, it, it doesn't look good for his company. It obviously doesn't look good for, for the manufacturer either. So it's it just making sure we're, we're checking, crossing the T's, dotting the I's pretty much with the manual. With that, if there is any questions, like say, if, you know, and again, I've been there. It's been late. You're trying to finish it up on the job. You don't have time or maybe the manual got mis- misplaced. We have Lock and Bar U, which is our online training. 
um, uh-huh. program, and somebody can go there and actually watch a short video on how to do something. So I think that's a good benefit too. That just to kind of, and that is a tip, right? They can go in there, they can look at that, and, and if they don't have the time, they can just watch a short little two minute video to see how. Oh, that's, to do that's that's a definitely definitely a very good tip. Um, and that, that, that makes me think, Dan. Uh, uh, you know, I've been to Lock and Value, and I've seen the the videos, and they're all very 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 good. But um, you know, last year obviously. It, came to a grinding halt to do face-to-face traditional classroom training, whether it was down at your headquarters, I know you got a good training facility, or I don't know, maybe reps took a roadshow or something at a wholesaler around the country, wholesalers around the country. What, what's going on this year? Do you have any uh, clues? Are we, are we going to stick to uh, digital online training? Do you have anything uh, going on to, to get back to, you know, that doesn't look like we're ever going to go to a trade show. Uh, uh, this year, uh, what, 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 what's what about the old ways of doing things? Anything, anything new and different there? Yeah, you know, I wish I had a wish I had an answer for you there, but I don't. I mean, we're continuing to support our customers through uh, webinars. You know, I've, I'm doing several a month. I know Robert's doing several a month educating mm-hmm. our customers. So we're just really trying to make ourselves available, uh, whether it's to our local representatives our local local sales force, any way that we can help support support them and educate our customers. Yeah. So it's really just we're trying to be open and being very flexible as other parts of our company evaluate like you were talking about where 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 do we go from six months and you know I think that's always mm-hmm. moving target. Yeah, it's hard to hard to predict. I, I, I actually did uh, talk to some manufacturers yesterday through email because um a number of years ago, twenty eighteen I think, I was, was kind of surprised to find out how long ago it was, but we did a very interesting feature on mobile training uh, vehicles where, you know, basically it could be a van, could be a pickup, um, you know, but just with the equipment uh, on board and working. And these were probably used more than anything else by reps uh, in this travel around the country. You know, it's a ro- an old fashioned roadshow, I guess. And it just sounds promising. A lot of, a couple of people I did talk to. And again, I mean, there's more to talk to, but uh, at least two were very gung ho about getting back on the road, you know, with all the precautions taken, of course, with COVID. But, it sounds like a lot of people are still anxious to, you know, get back out and 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 meet face to face. So hopefully we can we can do that soon. The vaccines are good news, but we got to take yeah, precautions. Steve, to that point, we do have a um, we had a commercial truck that went around the country for several years. It had the Crest, had some other products on it, and we recently retired mm-hmm. that. And we just actually right at the beginning of all this, you know, going on a year now. But last year we we kind of released a residential truck that's going around and oh. it actually has actually started going back out here in the last couple of months. I think it's up in the Northeast okay. now. So, so right. I do have some, some of that going on, but yeah, you kind of reminded me of that. We, we do have that truck and I'm um, hoping to get some miles on it. Now that as people are feeling a little bit more comfortably, at least getting out locally. That's good news. Yeah. I definitely want to talk to you more about that because um, the story that I was doing some legwork on yesterday, we're not going to publish that till I think it's June. So you know, quite a long lead time, but definitely want to talk to you more and find out more about those plans. So yeah, let's save that for another day. Uh, Robert, uh, let's kind of end our discussion here with some thoughts on what's going to happen over the next couple of years. Uh, what, uh, what's your crystal ball tell you? Sure. You know, I think, you know, biggest push right now is the, you know, efficiency via the environmental push at the moment. So where is that going? You know, some of our products are maxed out. I think the industry knows that, but how can we make them even better? So a lot of that I think is going to come down to the system side of things. You know, if, if you got a smart boiler, do you have a smart pump? Do you have a smart uh, valve over here? You know, and then 
things. They are smart. Are they talking to one another? How's this connectivity playing out? Of course, we have Connexus where the uh, owner user can look in real time, see what's going on. But where does that evolve? So I think there's a lot of question there, a lot of questions there around the tools available and where all these products are going in a complete system. Of course, the gas side, you know, you've got the efficiency where we get rated, but moving forward, that combustion efficiency is ultimately the go or no go. So we got to, how do we optimize that? If you optimize that, then you can maximize your thermal efficiency, which goes right into the temperature of your water. So where does that move on from here? So there's a lot of cool technology out there incoming. So what does that get applied to? How far does it go? I think it's a big question, but you know, here at Lock of, I don't know if you've visited our R&D lab, but you know, it's got at least, I think, 10 test stations now. We've got a life cycle lab. We've got efficiency lab. So we can do all the testing here in-house. You know, we do uh, high-altitude testing, of course, when travel is available. That's something we normally do. So that there's a lot of things we're doing on our own R&D lab, evaluating, constantly evaluating new ideas, trying to make the best possible product based on what the market needs, what the governmental initiatives are pushing for. So there's a lot going on uh, for better or worse. And mm-hmm. we're seeing what we can do to make the best product available. Good, good. Dan, uh, any any thoughts on uh, what the future holds for us? Yeah, I mean, Robert kind of hit it, you know, right there with all those. I'm just I'm just personally excited to to be working for a company like Lock and Bar that's trying to really find solutions to some of the things in the next few years that we have to deal with as far as an industry with some of the decarbonization, electrification stuff, and all the kind of hurdles with the efficiency. Because like Robert said, with our R&D lab, we have the resources to come up with some solutions. So I'm just happy I'm going to be part of those solutions. Good, good. Well, listen, uh, I haven't been on a plane since March of last year. So and it's been a while since I was in the locker bar. So I'm going to invite myself down there when, uh, whenever it is we can travel safely and uh, I'll see for things myself and be a good future story, I guess. There you go. We'd love to have some visitors come back and see us when they're ready to safe and sound. Absolutely. Well, very good. Well, Robert and Dan, thanks again for, for the time today. And thanks for sharing some good information about what's happening today and uh, what's happening tomorrow for hydronics and radiant products. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>